Mia Uni, Uro Neno Iki, Enra Via Chibanai, Miyu Yabo. That's the Shipibo translation for Hello Ayahuasca. I'm here tonight to continue with my process. I'm Gox, and welcome to the Miyu Yabo podcast. Taken from the intro Shipibo translation, Miyu Yabo means my process. This is a platform to capture real life ayahuasca healing journeys documenting the highs and lows, and sharing the lessons that arise at the unlikeliest of times and in the unlikeliest of places. My aim is to create a comprehensive library of experiences that will help people who are thinking of embarking on their own personal adventure, or those who are already in it and looking for new perspectives to help them along their way. If you like the following episode, I'd love it if you clicked follow And also, it'd be gratefully appreciated if you would share it with anyone you think might be interested. None of the content within this podcast is intended to encourage the use of illegal substances. Anything discussed in the episodes are for information and educational purposes only, and all opinions expressed are that of the individual. None of the content should be taken as medical advice, and should not be used as a substitute to any psychotherapist, healer, or shaman. Psychedelics should not be used by some individuals, Therefore, always consult a medical professional prior to proceeding with any experience. My guest for this episode is Patricio. Now, Patricio contacted me via email because he discovered the podcast uh, and was very nice and just wanted to reach out to me to say that he was enjoying it. Yeah, it was really nice to get his message and to find out that there's people out there and it's becoming useful. He would soon be embarking on his first retreat. Um, so again, I just reached out to him and just said, oh, would you be interested in coming on uh, to have a discussion about your experience when you get back? And he was just like, yeah, why not? Um, when he got back and I reached out and said, oh, how was your retreat? Um, he said that unfortunately for him, nothing really happened. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, But I just said, would you still be interested in coming on? Because I think it's really important to still capture experiences where people go away and nothing happens in the kind of textbook uh, visions and altered states that people come to expect from this. There'll be a, probably a lot of people that have a similar kind of experience and can come a, come away quite confused. So I thought it would be really important, if possible, to catch up with him to discuss um, his journey and how it kind of played out and see what we can take from it. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking to gather the wide spectrum of experiences and well, what we call the NADA experience is a valid experience. Yeah, and I really hope you enjoy the conversation. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Good, and you? I'm doing very good, thank you. I'm just got it recording, if that's okay. Yeah. I just was thinking that we said that this is just a conversation and we'll see what kind of comes out and we'll just record it. And depending on the outcome of it, we can decide whether it's something that we want to use or not. 
because um, I do think that what you have to say is a really important story. Um, even if you maybe think that there's nothing in it, maybe things have happened since we last spoke, uh, which would be interesting to discover as well. Yeah. Um, but just uh, really glad that, really glad to be able to catch up. Um, so, so how are you? We've we, this is the first time we, we've had a chance to meet. Uh, so, yeah, how are you doing? So far, so good, and everything everything normal. Let's put it that way: everything normal, no major change. Uh, and when you said uh, there's nothing to tell, no, I think there is. I mean, you didn't say that, but you said that. Like there's no no big story. Uh, mm. I would say, yeah. What what I'm afraid is that it's going to be a very short story. That's all, because there isn't much to report except for the experience. But um, anyway, I'm I'm up for it. I'm I'm glad to contribute here. Excellent. So, I mean, what? How did you kind of come about all of this? Then yourself to this to this kind of path. Okay, so here's where here's the story. Then, um, yeah. I was brought up in a very religious family, but somewhere along the line, let's say 2000, I I just I decided to deviate from the Catholic Church, and I started a, a, a spiritual seeking path. So ever since I've been a, a spiritual seeker, and. Um, I've been reading a lot of books, um, a lot of, I went to a, to a course called uh, LifeSpring, which now it's something like Est or Landmark. I don't know if you've known about those. Then I joined mm-hmm. philosophy called The Science of Mind, um, which tells you how to think, not what to think. So that was very interesting when, when you start into the metaphysical uh, path. So Eckhart Tolle, how you think, the power of now, uh, the four agreements, uh, I mean, Joseph Campbell, all those type of readings. And in February 2020, uh, COVID year, I went to visit a friend and at the airport, I saw this book that was just like screaming at me, buy me, buy me, buy me, how to change your mind by Michael Pollan. But I didn't know it was going to be about psychedelics until I was sitting on the plane and I read the bottom part, how psychedelics, blah, blah, blah. So I started reading it. And then and then when I got to my friend's house, uh, I said, look what I'm reading. It's so interesting. But how I would how would I go about doing or learning more? And he said, why don't you open an account in Reddit? And what is Reddit? So he explained to me what Reddit was. So to make the long story short, um, the whole COVID year aside for all the tragedies, all those lives that were lost, it was a great year for me because I was home reading and reading and reading about psychedelics. And um, and I loved it. I mean, it was such a fascinating world for me because I've always been interested in seeing what is it or how can we transform consciousness? How can we help humanity myself my family my friends and 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 humanity because needless to say where we're where we're at right now is not not very good so when i started seeing all the not only reading i read 10 books over the over the course of 2020 plus i don't know how many books would that be of of reading in in reddit 
the experiences of people with ayahuasca, with psilocybin, with acid, they mix things thing, things up. Um, <clears throat> amazing. I was amazed of, of, of what I was reading. So I said, I want to do it. Obviously, I want to do it. And of course, I was scared. And what if I have a bad trip? So I read about bad trips. I read about this. I read about that. And I was I was I was very much into psilocybin. But I couldn't find, I started investigating where could I go to, to have a, a retreat, but I couldn't find anything here in the States. And I really don't remember how I got to Saltara. And uh, I wasn't thinking about ayahuasca really, but, and apparently you have to shit and vomit a lot. Uh, that doesn't really appeal to me. So, but, but they were talking really good things about Saltara. Oh yeah, but that's expensive. Why don't we do it in 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 Colombia, my country? I'm from Colombia, by the way. Mm -hmm. So, so, but I couldn't find something that was really like. It was not as structured as Soltara is. So, mm -hmm. no, in Peru, Peru is uh, what I've heard is that there's a lot of places there, but they're very commercialized. So you go to each corner and they'll say ayahuasca here, ayahuasca here, ayahuasca here, and who do you trust, right? And um, yeah, so I said for the first time, let's go to a good place. And, I, and that was uh, that was Rhythmia and 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 Soltara. But when I read that Rhythmia had more than 50 people uh, and um, and that the music was uh, pre-recorded and everybody could go to get up and dance or feel the energy that they wanted, which is okay. I mean, I have nothing against it. Um, it's, it's funny because in it just, it my, just wasn't for you that one. Yeah. Correct. That exactly. former. Yeah, yeah. In my retreat, there were, there was a couple that had been in Rhythmia and they spoke very nice things about Rhythmia. And they basically, they say it's a different experience. One experience is Rhythmia and this is the other one. But I thought that for me, Soltara was, was the best 20 people was good. So that's why I chose, um, Soltara. As a, instead of Peru or Colombia or any other place, did I deviate it from your from your question? No, 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 no. That, that that's good. So before before you went to Soltara, did you say then that you hadn't you hadn't actually had an experience yet, or had you kind of dabbled some recreationally, or was that your from reading? It's like this was your first experience. Then did you say this was my first serious experience? I did get my hand on on um on some mushrooms and i did two uh i did two grams and it was it was kind of a nice experience yeah cool oh my god this is what i feel and i took notes and everything and then i got three grams and i was a little worried and nothing happened oh really I just got a buzz, like an alcohol buzz, but not, but it, it even it wasn't even a happy buzz. Why? I had two grams, it was good. Now three grams, nothing happened. Hmm. And then is when I decided I need to do this with somebody that knows, because who knows the, the mushrooms that I had were not good enough, or not potent, or I don't know. So so I said I have to do this professionally with somebody that knows and knows what they're doing and that's why it took me wow from october from october of 2020 to march of 2022 to find that and to research and and 
actually know what I was doing, to make sure that I knew what I was doing. Yeah. And wh when did you book it? How long was it from booking to actually going? I booked it in October. And right, okay, yeah. So kind of five months, October, November, December, January, February, March. Yeah, five months. Okay. And you discovered, when did you discover the podcast? Was it um, about sort of February or it was just before it, was it? Right. It went away. When it was probably a month before I left, before I, I went to the retreat, a month or so. Mm. I was just thinking about the kind of timings of that. And that's another reason why I'm really pleased to hear about. I mean, I was so chuffed when I got your message because um, it's just just to get somebody reaching out to you. Um, and obviously, it's even better that somebody reached out with something nice to say <laughs> rather than uh, if, if you ended up coming back to me and saying, well, you're doing is a pile of shit. <laughs> Stop doing it. Um, so, yeah, I, I would thank you so much for that. I really, really appreciated getting that. Um and again, it's just like, especially for people that are about to embark on something, that's, you know, one half of the people that I want to get out to, to get out some real, yeah, experiences. That in itself, you know, can have its own issues by setting up an expectation of, uh, oh, this has happened to somebody and therefore you could end up just start focusing on something that you've heard as opposed to just going into it without knowing. But I mean, it's, it's, as we say in this country, it's six and a half a dozen. It's, yeah. th th there's no, there's no perfect, there's no perfect answer. It's interesting you mentioned about Eckhart Tolle and the power of now, because there was somebody on my retreat um, on one of the days and we just happened to see each other. Um, I was walking back up to the room. He was coming back down and he specifically told, we, we, just the way the conversation ends up going, he was telling me about how this book, The Power of Now, had really changed his life. And I was just like, oh, I didn't know about it. And when I got home, that was the first book that I read. And Boring. Hmm, sorry? Boring book. Very dense, but it's a very good book. I, mm. I, didn't, I didn't read it. I, I, I listened to it in audio. And Eckhart Tolle's mm. voice is very uh, kind of boring, but it was an amazing book. It's an amazing every sentence you have to kind of, in my opinion, you have to stop and really ponder about that sentence and continue and continue. So it's for some people it's a very boring book. For some people it's a powerful book. Sorry for the interruption. No, no, absolutely not. That's absolutely fine. But I can see that that was the first time of me seeing things outside of the box. So what other books what other books did you read? So yeah, LSD and the Mind of the Universe, uh Carl Jung. What was the young one? Um it's in Spanish. Um Writings about Spirituality and Transcendence. Okay. Huxley, The Doors of Perception, Fadiman, the Psychedelic Explorer's Guide, DMT, the Spirit Molecule from Strassman, LSD, My Problem Child from Albert Hoffman. A really good day about uh, microdosing, which is good, from Ayelet mm -hmm. Waldman. <clears throat> the Psychedelic Experience by Timothy Leary. Ayahuasca, the reality behind the reality. The Way of the Psychonaut, 
I mean, after the ceremony ends. So quite, quite some. And like I said, reading, reading Reddit is another, another volume of anecdotal information, mm. right? Of what people do, what people see, what people, and, and you don't, have you, do you know what Reddit is? That's, the, I mean, all I know of it is some, I think of it as just a, as a forum where it's a forum, right? Isn't it? Where people yeah. just go on and it, it's just a free, it's a bit of a free fall. And, I, and I, I've not read it much, but I don't know. I, the only thing I really know of it is kind of negative connotations about it, that a lot of people slate it because, you know, it's, it's one of these ones. There's a perception there's a lot of people that just kind of go on and just spout stuff and they don't know what they're talking about and stuff. To a certain extent, people could say to me, "Who? what the fuck do I know? I'm just, I've decided I'm going to do a podcast because I've had one psychic, I've had one ayahuasca retreat. How the hell am I, uh, uh, qualified to start talking about all this kind of stuff? But uh, yeah, unfortunately, I, I only think of, I only know of really read it as of some kind of negative things that people have said. So I don't know the, the much about the, the good that's on it. Well, yeah, I have the same idea or I had the same idea, but for whatever reason, the people that are there, or let's put it this way, most of the people that are there are in that when, when they've gone through a psychedelic experience, I don't know if, if, if it changes their minds, their bully minds into a nice person mind. So, so the conversation flows or the thread flows when people, when somebody says something about uh, a trip, nobody bullies him. And if somebody bullies the, the person for the opinion, most of the people say, Hey, this is a nice uh, forum. Please be nice. Please be nice. Please be nice. Don't, don't bully here. If you want to bully, go somewhere else and blah, blah, blah. So um, I would say 95% of the content is, comes from good faith. I would say, uh, okay. you, you kind of learn to identify because it's, it's uh, anonymous. Nobody knows who, who anybody is. So anybody, anybody can ask the questions that they, that they, any, anyone wants <clears throat> with no, no filter, even though obviously you're not supposed to ask where to get spores or how to consume uh, psychedelics because it, it, obviously it's illegal, uh, but it's but it's a good source of information for for other aspects, not selling or buying stuff. But um, it was a great experience because I got to ask a lot of things. What do I feel when I have three grams or seven grams? Or how do I do this? How do I do that? What happens if if I have a high blood pressure? And people just from whatever they want, they just contribute. I thought I thought it was an amazing experience. Uh, the Reddit, uh, and I was in Psychonaut. I was in Mushrooms or Psilocybin, and there's another one for microdosing. There's another one for ayahuasca. There's all kinds of, mm. of, of sub subreddits. So I I encourage you to read them, and um, yeah, I'll check them out. Filter. It was it was really good. So that was cool. all the reading. So somebody said over there in, in Solta, maybe you came over prepared. And I'm like, oh, really? Maybe? Because I had read mm. so much and I knew what kind of to expect. And, and I was a little bit worried about the vomiting part. Not that I have any anxiety about that. No, it's just that vomiting is not nice. And running to the bathroom is not either. But 
I think the preparation, mm -hmm. the diet that they tell you before, uh, I did it to the best of my abilities and it worked because I didn't vomit that much. And I went to the bathroom just a few times and nothing, mm -hmm. nothing bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but then, I mean, I would say that, I mean, you probably know this as well, that um, the, the purging, whichever end it comes out of, um, <laughs> would be part of whatever it is that you need to get rid of. I'm only saying that because of in terms of when you were saying that you didn't vomit and you didn't have uh, the other purge, <laughs> should I say, um, that I was like, you know, that that might be part of the process that you need to have or, or it may it maybe isn't. Maybe you don't have to have. It's so easy. To, it's so easy to go into the process and thinking and expecting that and that that's the only purge that you can have. But um, there's all sorts of types of purges going on. Yeah. And, and I think that brings us a little bit to the part of the intentions of of uh, yeah. of the retreat. And wow, I don't know if I I don't know how to say this, but mm, I shouldn't even say that I'm ashamed. I'm not ashamed, but I didn't have when I read or, or when I yeah, when I read a lot of experiences and when I heard the experiences of the people in my in my in my retreat and other retreats that I've also read about, there are certain people that go there to to really heal some big traumas. But in my case, I'm not going to say that I had the perfect family, but it was, it was a normal. I mean, my parents fought, but I really didn't have a big trauma going through my life. Um, and that made me feel a little bit like, oh my God, I mean, am I perfect? Of course not. I, and I know that I have some little traumas here and there. I've been doing some, some integration with a, with a therapist. And what we've come to the conclusion is that I didn't need to have a big trauma like that, but a, a successions of little traumas. For example, when you're a little kid and your father or your mother took out your, your, your toy, that's a, that's a trauma for that little baby, for that little boy. So it doesn't need to be a huge trauma. And I know because in my life, there are certain, certain moments where, where I see myself, for example, charging a, a customer. I don't charge them uh, what it's supposed to um, because I feel less. So it's a, a self-worth issue or something like that. And so I said, okay, I want to go work for those, uh, work work that and, and, and some other things maybe that are blocking me from being... Uh, living a, a fuller life, let's put it that way. So you have to set up your intentions. So what am I here to work yeah. on? But what I what I know is we were talking about purging and big purges or small purges. I was, uh, I'm thinking, are they in relation or do they have any relation to the intentions that you have? You want to work this huge trauma that happened in your life, uh, or you, ha you have to work this little trauma that happened in your life, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Some people have to work big things. Some people don't have to work that big of a thing. In, 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 my, in, my, in, in my experience, I was a little bit more on the side of Bob Jesse's intention for the betterment 
of the well people. So because I don't have any anxiety, I don't have any depression, I don't have any addiction, except, I mean, social drinking or that's, I don't think that's an addiction. It's just uh, maybe addiction to sugar, which is not a big deal, uh, I think, even though sugar is a poison. But, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, so those were my intentions and actually to become a better person. That's what Bob Jesse uh, in Michael Pollan's book, he, he talks about the betterment of well people. Those of us that don't have any of those uh, terrible ailments like depression, anxiety, and so forth, we also want to be better persons with our family, with our friends. Because sometimes, we're, I think, in my case, we have judgments and we, we need more compassion, let's put it that way. So that was one of my main, my main uh, intentions on going to Soltara. Plus, seeing all those little traumas that I must might have had in my life that I could clear clear them up. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, but it's it's interesting. On you can get so wrapped up in trying to come up with an intention, and even going, "Oh, I didn't say the right intention," or "I didn't think of the right intention," or whatever. But I think yeah. I've now come to the view, again, I think sometimes it might be important, but at the end of the day, you never know. But at the same time, certain intentions or something that may present itself to you in ceremony is, is, is not even what you expected. I've heard some stories about people... Like you could go in and say, oh, well, I don't have any trauma, as for example. And you could say, oh, I'm going to go in to do this. But then something deeply suppressed that you actually have no recollection happened can rear itself. And you re-remember something that you had shut off and you didn't even know was there. Um, and And then you're like, oh, this is something that is brought up. But on a different note, it's like you don't, to a certain extent, you almost don't even need to have an intention. An intention could just be, show me what I need to see. Um, and it's like, you will be shown the stages, your next stage. It's almost so easy for us to think, if I haven't thought about what my next stage is, then I'm not going to move to the next stage. Um, you just have to be open to be being shown what your next stage is. Um, but again, it's like, it, it's it's the pushing and pulling of, what's well, the head thing that kind of keeps coming back into it? And this is my problem. It's like, I'm such a, this is what I've been learning over these last few years from on my path, is that I'm so head thought process with everything i'm here yeah and it's like it's all about disconnecting from that and bringing it into a feeling point of view and that's the transition yes we haven't gotten into the into the experience part of the of my retreat but uh that's what a lot of people told me you maybe you are too much into your head. You, you need to relax or feel the experience. And like, how do you do that? All my life, I am 
I've been used to doing analytical processes. They were saying that I needed to go more into my heart, into the feeling, to relax, to surrender. I'm like, all right, I guess. I mean, I have all the intention to do it, but I don't know. I don't know how to do that. And like you say, you're in your process. I guess I will have to be in my process. I will also want to be in my process, too, of coming from my head down to our hearts, I guess. If I understood what, what you just said, right? Yeah, it's all about becoming. I mean, see, again, this is just me saying it from a head point of view. And I've had a couple of slight moments where you just go, oh, maybe that's it. But it's like it, it's getting to the point where some, you know, your, your, your focus is so, or my focus is so in my head. And that's just the dominating force almost to the point that you don't even notice any other feelings that's going on. Uh, and you need something that really shifts that. And a psychedelic experience, yes, when it comes on to the point that you notice something different, you could move away from that. You might struggle backwards and forwards being trying to trying to use your head in that experience. But yeah, you to a certain extent, you need the experience to come on for you to notice something else significant enough that it takes over from that head space. It's just something that I want to um, read, which I've got up on my screen. I don't remember how I found it or whether somebody sent it to me. Um, and it might be something that you've kind of heard um, before. And it says, upon taking ayahuasca, you may not experience the visions that you have read in books or heard about from others. Ayahuasca's effects within your body may be subtle and may take time to manifest as visions or altered states of consciousness. This is normal. Healing cannot be forced. The body will need to cleanse and rid itself of anything that is obstructing its ability to heal before it can receive the wisdom necessary to effect lasting and remarkable change. Cleansing is often painful and unpleasant experience. Cleansing can take the form of vomiting, diarrhea, crying, screaming, angry outbursts, and laughing. The body, when invited to let go of all that is not serving it, will do so in the most effective way possible. It's important to trust in the cleansing process as it too has wisdom for us, that is, if we're willing to surrender and receive it. Plant medicines are not magic potions that alone affect profound transformation within those that take them. Fundamental change to our body, mind and heart occur as we learn to be more compassionate and loving towards ourselves and others. When we set clear intentions about what kind of change we are hoping to affect, and ultimately when we, are, when we make an unwavering commitment to changing our lives for the better, Sacred plant medicine alone will not transform you. Healing will occur in time, in proportion to your willingness to let go of all that is preventing you from realizing your true potential. For many, sacred plant medicines act as a catalyst to bring about lasting change that is sustained through discipline and an overhaul of one's lifestyle habits. But for many I'm sure many people go with such a massive expectation 
of overwhelming visions, overwhelming transformation, and can come away with without experiencing any of that. And it's well known and documented that it might not come as you expect or when you expect. And maybe there's a cleansing process that needs to happen first. So I just remember when we were getting, we knew we were getting together to have a chat about about the Nada experience. <laughs> uh, it's it immediately made me think of this because I've just got this saved down, uh, and it's just that maybe there's just something that does need to be cleansed in order for us to be ready. But who knows? There is no guarantee uh, of of anything. Um, so that's um, that's just what I wanted to share before you uh, were going to go on. To, I think you were. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd love to to chat about how your experience played out. Uh, h- however, it happened um, because no visions and no noticeable things is something that happened. How did that play out then from from you kind of running into your ceremonies and stuff? So uh, on Monday, it was the first one. So what I can report from Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday is that for all four ceremonies, I had no fear. I wasn't scared. I was I was content. I, w- I mean, I was... I was, I mean, probably the little bit of an anxiety of what's going to happen, but I wasn't there like really fearful. No. So that's, that's, that was a good starting point. And then like the first ceremony, they give you the first dose and they tell you, um, they explain how the ceremony goes and how the shamans go singing their acros. And they say, if by this point you think you might want to have a second dose, let us know. So just like that, by that point, I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. Let's have another dose. So I asked for the other dose and I took the other dose, which was two little glasses, the shot. And then I went to my to my little mattress and stayed there and and then, yeah, I got intoxicated like you were supposed to. Uh, that's where I think I vomited just a little bit. I purchased a little bit. That's it. But other than that, I was there and on and off. But I was the only one that I don't remember when they closed the ceremony. So I, I stay there until 630 in the morning when the cleaners came in. And I told them, hey, do your thing because I'm still too, I can't go. I can't stand up. So I slept until 7, I think, 7, 7.30. And then I kind of, I can regain my strength to, to walk up, the, up the, the trail up to, the, up to my room. So what happened in that one? Nothing. Can I just ask about that then? So... Did you say that you you couldn't get up when the ceremony ended? Is that right? Is that what you said? Right. 
I, I don't remember. Maybe I was sleeping, but I don't remember. Was it in the first one or the second one when Bapu said, uh, beautiful people, the ceremony is, uh, is over. And I heard people, I don't know if, like I said, I don't know if it was the first one or the second one, that everybody started getting their things together and some people left and some people stayed. And I couldn't get up. I was not ready to leave. Like, apparently, most of the people left. But was that from a physical weakness point of view? Yes. Uh, that I was so intoxicated. So I couldn't, I couldn't stand up and, 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 and walk, much less that walk up the, up the hill. Now, if you would have helped me, I and mean, if somebody would have helped me, yes, I could make it to my to my room. But no, mm. I was comfortable. I was comfortable in the in okay. the in the maloka, so I just stay there and I slept on and off, on and off, and and then like at six thirty or seven, I said, okay, it's time to go, and because the sun was shining right on my face, so, mm. so I no, let's let's go up, and the intoxication level had come down. Is it even possible to describe what the intoxication felt like to you? Yes, pretty much like when you have alcohol, too much alcohol. Okay. In terms of you're kind of stumbling against the walls, right? But I didn't feel bad in my stomach or in my... No, it was just like I'm, I'm drunk. Okay, because... Our communications that we've had, I've obviously taken interpretations of things that you've said in our, in our email messages. And because when you were saying it from a Nada, we called it the Nada experience. Um, and I was interpreting that as if like you didn't even feel any form of anything. Um, so it's like th there was, there was a certain level of feeling that happened, but it's just not the huge um the, the the visions and the whole kind of things because if anything i mean what you're describing kind of sounds to me like what my second my first ex my first hour first ceremony nothing happened for anybody I, i'm pretty sure this was for everybody what we, people were talking about i was at the whole night and it was just a case of nothing happened for anybody. No visions and no, you just felt like you were before you'd even drunk. But the next night it did kind of come on, but for me it kind of came on as in like an intoxication thing. Maybe slightly at the beginning there was a slight, um, a, a slight kind of transition thing, but that did settle. And it was very much a case of just a, if anything, yeah, your body feeling intoxication i remember at some point walking to the bathroom and feeling unsteady on my feet and feeling a bit like oh like woozy and and at the end of the ceremony i remember because I'd, I'd been freaking out during the day and i'd been chatting to one of the ceremony um one of the facilitators down at the hammocks um and i you know at that point i was just like talking about oh, i've got so much anxiety about dose and blah 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 that i just had this I'd, I'd, I'd projected this huge experience was going to happen from one cup that I'm not going to be able to handle. Um, and then at the end of the ceremony, I just remember just jumping up and running over to him to just say, I did it, I did it. I, I, I got through my first ceremony and, uh, you know, I couldn't, it wasn't that I couldn't handle it and I fell apart and everything. Um, and I remember just feeling everybody was all flocking out at the time. And after I'd said, oh, hi, I gave him a hug and, 
And as soon as he did that, I just I just stumbled back to my bed and almost just kind of collapsed on the bed because I just felt really, just like I said, just like what you said, intoxicated and not and not ready to leave. And I just slept there and just woke up in the morning and and just left as if like that was me getting up for the day. So it just kind of it's it's it kind of sounds a little bit yeah just a little bit similar. Uh, I don't know whether mo- maybe my intoxication might have been a slightly slightly more but um but yeah sorry i just wanted to just say uh to just say that that sounds like a kind of similarish kind of experience uh does that resonate with you uh, well yeah in the level that we are analyzers oh my god and yeah <laughs> will say we are really analyzers we are analyzing everything how it's supposed to be no this is not like this this should be when it happens because this and that we're at, we're in our, our heads, I think. Um, yeah, that's good for certain, certain things. I don't know if good for others. Anyway, so my second, my second, um, my second uh, ceremony. Um, I was listening to everybody, and I remember my my friend said, uh, "I'm gonna have two from the get go, um, two doses." And I said, "Yeah, I might as well do that." So I took the two doses. And the same thing. Uh, I got intoxicated from the point of view that I, it was hard for me to stand up at three in the morning or two in the morning or one in the morning. I don't know. I don't know if it was that time where somebody helped me to go to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom. Two minutes, pa pa pa, back to my to my mattress. Nothing, nothing important. But again what I was there for, to have an experience, a transcendental or spiritual or healing experience, nothing. But in the meantime, I could hear that one cry. I could hear that one vomiting. I could hear the ecaros. I could hear him um, sobbing, the other one doing this. So my mind was was still there. And me, I'm still not, no. There was, there was a moment where I felt that, oh, it's coming. Oh, I can't. Because I kept raising my arm to see if I could feel something any different from from normal. No, still the same thing. And there was one a moment where I said, oh, my God, it's so heavy to fit, to lift my, my arm. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Okay, good. So I stayed there. But that was it. I mean, it was hard to lift my, my, my hand or my thing, but no visuals. Um, I think it was in the second one where I did have a little bit of a visual. And what I can remember is that there was kind of a, a door dre- uh, threshold. And right as I was crossing the, the door, I could see some some medusas or some jellyfish. But they were kind of electronic jellyfish, like three or four in, in blue and red and white, blue, red. And, I don't know if white, but blue and red. That, those colors were, were very distinct. And their tentacles were kind of moving like in water, very like that, one on top of the other. And then I heard a noise in the maloka. So my body kind of shifted and I was paying attention to what's going there. And I said, no, 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 I'm here in my experience. And I saw the medusas again with their tentacles, like in water, very, very subtle, very peaceful. Uh, And then another noise or something. So like two times and then no more jellyfish and no more experience and no more so i was like again in my head i suppose 
uh, why did that person go to the bathroom again? Or why did he drop his water bottle? Or why is the something happening over there? Um, I was yeah. thinking and looking a lot of things out outside my head. Yeah, and this is this is okay. So that was again. I that was my my ceremony too. And again, I slept until six in the morning in the Maloka. No, hold on. I should go get my notes. If you want to get your notes, go for it. No, they're in my car. I left them in my car. Oh, right. <laughs> I was I was talking to somebody. Anyway, um, yes, yeah, it must be able to walk up a, up, uh, up to the to the um, to the room like at four in the morning. I was alone, so I woke I, I woke up at four, and I stayed on the star deck. It was absolutely beautiful, 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 beautiful. That was, I'll never forget that night. It was beautiful. So I went to sleep a little bit. And the, the next morning, I woke up very happy, very happy. Due to my happiness, normal happiness, or due to the ayahuasca, I have no idea. But there was something that I would say, it, it was a little, hmm, this is nice feeling. But that's it. You know, the following day, there's no ceremony. And the, on, the, on Thursday, the third ceremony, I said, okay, I didn't have anything on the first one or in the second one. I'm going to go for three, three, three doses. So I spoke with one of the facilitators and I asked them, do you think it would be a good idea? And they said, it's all up to you, whatever you say. And, and if you feel like it, uh, go for it. So I took three shots. I was the first one. I was the first one. I told the facilitators I want to be the first one or the second one because I don't want to wait all that round again for everybody to have their, their those. If I can ask, can I be the first one? They said sure. So I was the first one. I drank my three doses. I went to my to my mattress and waited. So I watched everything. Everybody go around, and then as it was done, they dim down the lights. Then the the shaman does his thing, starts singing, and I I kind of like in my head. I timed it, and I know that the, the 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 effect starts like an hour, hour and fifteen, at least for me. Maybe for other people, starts faster. For other people, starts uh, long. It takes longer. But for me, it was like an hour, hour and fifteen, twenty, half an hour. I started feeling my the the intoxication. But then again, nothing, nothing. I did go to the bathroom. I remember, and one of the facilitators took me because I could not stand up. I by myself and I stayed there for a little while because and they said hey are everything okay in there and said yes everything okay but I was like I was so intoxicated and, and, and not vomiting but I was like am I really sitting down doing my stuff or I'm just like don't have the time to or the energy to to go up and go to my mattress again at some point I said okay I'm ready and and, and I came out and my my facilitator walked me all the way to my to my mattress and and there I continued my process of sleeping or whatever my mind was doing, but listening again to my friend crying his eyes out for whatever experience and the other one over there. And I watched when when, when Maricela, uh, I don't know if you have the same shamans we did, she came to to sing to my friend. I don't want to mention any names. Uh, or that name, uh, and she started crying and no vomiting, 
And the minute that Maricela started to sing to her, she started vomiting. I'm like, oh my God, people, why is it that people can have it and I cannot? But everybody's in their own experience. Uh, that morning, again, I woke up like at six in the Maloka, six or seven. And everybody was anxious to hear what I, what my story was going to be. And I'm like, sorry, nothing to report. Nothing to report, except for the dizziness. No, 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 no jellyfish or no inside. No, in the second one, I have to, I forgot to say, there was one word that really came clear to me, which was compassion. I remember saying in, in, in my experience, say, oh, so compassion is the key. Oh, compassion. And I saw the word written, big letters, compassion. But that's all I can, I can, I can remember. But was that really due to ayahuasca? Or that was due because I read a book or because I read a, something? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Your recollection is that you actually saw the letters spelled out. Is that right? Yes. And I remember myself saying, oh, yes, it's all about compassion. That, that much. Oh, it's all about compassion. And I saw the words. But once again, was it due to ayahuasca? Was it due to the experience? Was it a revelation? Was it a, or it was just like me thinking, oh, I have to pay the bills tomorrow. Right? Mm. Uh, a friend of a friend in the retreat, he said he had an album, uh, and as he turned pages, he saw all his family and, and certain family that had that had passed away. So he was able, I don't know, if to relate with them or to say his goodbyes. He had a great experience. I mean, I could tell you other other stories that people had. Some somebody had someone had uh, uh, an entity performing surgery on her. So wow, those are experiences like. Really, those things happen. Somebody saw tigers and 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 uh, panthers. Things that you have or that I have read that are common in the ayahuasca experiences. But for me, just to see the word compassion could have been, could have been, could have been. I don't know. So, and that was in the second one. So, in the third, like I said, with three doses, nothing, nothing. No, no jellyfish. No compassion. Nothing. Uh, big in, big intoxication though. And in the fourth, I said, okay, I'm just going to go with one, with one dose and that was it. And no big deal. And I was able to go to my room and, and, and leave when everybody left. Actually, we went, we stopped in the star deck again for the last time. And, uh, and that was it. So so I don't know if you got the chance to see the document that I sent you. I don't know how I ran into that one where they're studying the setting as, as part of the setting. Uh, I don't remember the name. Uh, let's see. I'd be that. interested. To, I'd be interested to hear because I didn't have a chance to listen to that. It was a podcast, wasn't it? That was specifically about the setting on something. So I'm really interested to hear what, it sounds like you think it sounds like like this has been relevant for you yes uh, in terms of what you've been learning. so so i i'd really love to hear how that has provided some form of continuation for your process which is going to be really interesting to hear 
Yeah, the 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 the, set, the podcast is called "How Setting Can Affect Psychedelic Experiences." So they're trying to to investigate, and they went off on the music, which is one of the things that they've studied the most. But in my opinion, after reading that and and, and giving it some some more thought, in my opinion, what caused my quote unquote nada experience was the setting, my setting. And I cannot, I, I, I can only speak wonders about Soltara. They did, they did what they're supposed to according to the readings that I've done. I don't know if any scientists would have any different opinion, but from what I've read, they did a wonderful experience, a wonderful setting. But it's me, the one who got distracted by a lot of things. And no wonder, um, what's his name? Uh, Johns Hopkins University Research they they sit the person on a couch alone with Maria Cosimano, who's the person doing that, like the sitter. Um, and they put headphones with a special music and they, they use the blindfold. So the, the experience is totally inside. In my case, I was like, hey, you, why are you going in my head? Why are you going to the bathroom again? You just came from the bathroom. Why are you dropping the the bottom the water bottle? Oh, they they need to fix the the, the floor and in the maloca because it screeches it screeches a lot and blah 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 blah. I was even though I was waiting for my experience to happen, I guess my my head was outside watching all those things. And I told some of my friends, and they said, "Well, I didn't hear the door. I didn't hear the water bottle. I didn't hear. I didn't see the other person going to the bathroom three times." So they were able to tune out easily, or easier than me. So maybe I am the type of person that I do need a quiet setting, just with my headphones and my music and my shades, and probably somebody holding my hand or holding my space and ready if I need to go to the bathroom or if I need a little bit of water and something like that. That is just my opinion. This is no scientific nothing. This is just my my opinion of what might what I I might want to try just to do it again with another professional doing it, uh, but in a quiet a much quieter session. Like I said, 19 other people were able to have the experience. Because I think I was the only one that said not a, a not a experience. Yeah, I'm definitely drawn to distractions outside as well. My second experience or my second ceremony, which I always say is the ceremony that I felt something, which is my largely intoxication. But I felt some onset there was no distractions at all, lining my eyes shut. But then somebody started being really vocal with a distressing experience. Um, so immediately in this silent room, I then am drawn to this external thing. And I, I feel like that kind of distracted me. Right. But to a certain extent, I'm also aware of, you know, it's almost like a bit of turbulence. A change in energy is not is not always going to be there. So, like if you have a if you 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 have a slight onset, you can have a change in energy, and there's a big it's a big change to you, so you really notice it. But once that change settles down a bit, you kind of then move past it, and it's not like you're constantly 
going to be moving out of con- this experience is going to onset out of control or anything like that but it's more like a a bump in the energy changing and then whatever energy changes then that kind of settles down and for me i almost think yeah that's was some something happening but then that settling and then you settle into this other intoxication but also yeah i have my own fears of i don't know i'm terrified of the seams of being in a room with somebody that's shouting and screaming and having a really distressing time i thought i would find that really difficult it was difficult enough just listening to the person who was i mean they were speaking in they were talking real gibberish like almost speaking some non language um and there was something that she was like and she was struggling about and then she was like knock she knocked her, I remember knocking hearing her knocking her uh her bucket over and you're hearing water going over the floor and all of a sudden I'm what I'm doing probably what you're uh thinking other person I'm like, oh my god, now there's 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 like gonna be a big wet patch over there on the floor. Right. And, and and that's gonna be like that's gonna be a bit of a problem and um <laughs> and then you, you just can't help but noticing something else because something's not um something's not overpowering you to the point that you are somewhere else. Um but that kind of over analytical it's the other thing that I thought is that if you kind of overlaid my experience and your experience, to a certain extent, I almost wonder if they're actually quite similar. But because I turns out I didn't actually even want the experience, I was happy with what happened. I've come to kind of regret it a bit now, but I, I see where I was at. But for you, you wanted this experience and you weren't getting it how you wanted it to be so it's also the is it comes down to everything which is what i've learned about this it's like two experiences can be ex, can be experienced differently for two people depending on what their reaction is to that the way you speak about it you know you don't you don't come across like you're like bitter or resentful or angry about it you seem to be very much like taking it as it comes and very accepting of well that's what happened and yeah yeah it is it it is what it is um i did my part i took a risk um and now I have to learn from it and see. And of course, everybody asked me. I w- there was another anxiety there, which was, what am I going to tell my friends when I come back home? What am I going to tell my family? Because some friends knew about it and why are you doing that? Do you really need to? Uh, blah, blah, blah. And people understand it when you have big anxiety or big depression. So and they, they say, okay, he's going to go there and heal, try to heal his depression or something like that or his addiction or what. But I mean, I'm not perfect, but uh, but they, people don't didn't see the need for me to do ayahuasca, and uh, and when I say for the betterment, I want to be a better person. And like, how does that look like? You're you're a good guy. Period. You don't need more. But they don't know what's going on anyway in my head. So I did have a little bit of an anxiety of what am I going to tell people when I come back? 
Shall I lie? Of course not. But that was a little bit of my disappointment that I didn't want to to disappoint. I, I would have wanted to come home and say, hey, it was a wonderful experience. I saw these little things that in my life that helped me do this and deal with that. And I think I'm, not, I'm now more a more compassionate person and you should do it because you can find or this is an option for a lot of people. No, but I did speak or I have been spoken about the great experiences that I've heard from my other friends, from my other retreat uh, um, partners, however you want to call them, participants. So they didn't have and we kept in touch in our in our in our WhatsApp thing. And some people still reporting good things and some others have have uh, questions. And it, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I knew I was going to say something I forgot. What was it? Um, so, no, I'm not I'm not bitter. Uh, some people have asked me again. I said, sure, I'm going to do it again. But in different circumstances. Now, I think I have to find somebody uh, in Peru or Colombia or Costa Rica to see if they do one or two people sessions, something like that, something where I'm totally alone with a, with a practitioner or the shaman and I could be in my own experience and not distracted and see how that goes. Um, will I do ayahuasca? Maybe. Will I do psilocybin? Uh, I don't know, but hey, I'm, I'm really in for, for another experience. I, I really want to. to. And, and some people told me over there in, in, in Soltara, uh, this guy had been to 15 ceremonies. This was kind of, and he said, I didn't have any experience until the third, fourth, or fifth. I don't remember. He said, uh, so don't, don't be discouraged. So yeah. maybe the fifth or the seventh or the ninth is going to be mine. Yeah. It's interesting what you were saying about telling people, because I learned about it in May, June, booked it by August. And I was just on cloud nine and I was like thinking I was going to be the best at all. Thought I knew what I was doing. I only told a couple of people mainly because I just wasn't, I, I didn't expect people to receive it well from, you just don't know what their reaction is going to be. I'm going to go and do this strange thing that you probably think is crazy but I told a couple of people um, and I, on reflection, I'm so glad that I didn't tell anybody else. Yes. But, but on reflection, I wish I hadn't told the people that I told just from the ex, just from the point of view of saying, I, I mean, I wasn't bigging it up that much. I wasn't talking about it loads, but I had told them. And when I told them, I was kind of, I wasn't like, I'm going to be the best, but I was more just kind of like saying it as if like, I'm up for this. But when it turned, when I actually turned up, it turned out I actually wasn't up for it. And then you have to kind of come back with your tail between your legs a little bit like, and yeah. then you're like, oh, uh, and then you, and then you start kind of bumbling through and trying to make out as though you did handle it well, when actually you really kind of didn't. Plus it didn't end up having this massive, story to tell people and then just a bit like uh and that's all that worry about the kind of judgment thing but that kind of comes around to the whole like 
I did this thing and you know, you're, you're doing it, putting all your chips on it, having the outcome that you want it to be and that you have projected. And then when you've got to come back and the shit, like you say, that kind of shame or embarrassment that you've got to admit that you were wrong, almost like, okay, you've got to admit that you were wrong potentially but it's it's not about that that's me putting it right thing. that that's the first time i've even thought of it like that um yeah, you, you did your part yeah i i totally see certain similarities with your experience and i and um and yeah there's a little bit of a shame i would have wanted it to 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 have this effect on me and it didn't but at the end what i say is I'm still in the journey. I'm still in the process. I thought this was going to be great. Wasn't that great? And because of me, not because of Soltara. Um, uh, and uh, and I just have to keep looking. I just have to be trying this or that and this and that is an experience. It's it's a journey. It was not supposed to be. Uh, sometimes, I, obviously, your ego wants to be perfect. Uh, but... Uh, I knew in my logical mind that I would not be perfect, um, but I wanted to heal some things, but hey, not yet. Apparently, life is telling me not yet. You still have to continue your your search. But I am I uh, did I do I regret doing it? No, of course not. No, 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 no. It was great. I was going to ask you, have you kept in touch with your with your retreat participants? Some, yes. There's a couple that uh, live in the UK as well. Um, but I mean, they are some distance away from me. So Do I don't see... a WhatsApp a group, an internet group, a social media group? Not, not, for the whole, uh, retre- not for the whole retreat, no. There are some of us that we are in kind of... We are kind of in contact by individual messages and stuff. Um, but we don't have a our retreat. We we try. I tried to set one up, but nobody really engaged with it properly to the point that it that it lasted. But we've got kind of individuals that we aren't. That I've got individuals that I am still kind of in touch with. We do have our WhatsApp uh, list, and everybody was included there. Not everybody participates, uh, but some of us do, and we just report something. Some things here or there more people that talk than others um so at least we have that we'll see what happens as time goes by if it just dwindles down nobody participates and and it's the end of it we'll see Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's definitely but you will probably stay in contact with the people that you uh that, that that you made the proper connection with you'll probably stay in contact uh with those definitely yeah i I would say. But then also, I mean, from your point of view, I mean, you probably are open to this as well. I wouldn't think of it as being that the experience is done. It was uh, not much happened. That's fine. Move on. Find something else. It's like, I would say that be open to changes that will still continue to happen that haven't manifested yet maybe maybe they will maybe they won't um but it is about the whole connection to you know i I always say to myself i've spent the last three i founded 
in the summer of 2018. And I just jumped on and said, I need to find out what this is about. I had the experience. It didn't turn out to be what I thought it was going to be. I kind of thought I was putting it behind me um, and just saying, okay, well, that almost kind of that didn't work, but always not quite putting it behind me. And I've spent the last three and a half years contemplating what I think the process means to me. Um, and that's a continual process. Um, but I feel like I'm formulating for myself what I believe uh, the process to be. Um, and it's just an, it's an, it's an evolving thing, but it is also about a huge part of it is you know, the disconnection from, from the head, because it isn't a thought, it isn't a thought experience, it's a felt experience. Um, mm. And that is something that I have a lot of work to do on that. Um, even I've always thought about like, oh, okay, well, I've learned enough of what I need to know, and I'm going to go back. And next time it's going to be the experience that I thought it was going to be last time. But that's just yeah. my next expectation. And you just go, well, why is it going to be any different? It, why is it going to be any different when you go almost with a similar-ish kind of mindset? But, uh, yeah, connect, connect to self and uh, find your way of disconnecting from your head do you do you do meditation and yes that was one of the things that i throughout this conversation i said i haven't mentioned that i do meditate um and i i started meditating back in january of 2019 not as a regular meditator i downloaded the app from sam harris really good app where he guides you through the meditation 10 minute if you want or 20 minutes and he guides you and, and and what I thought is that I was able to go into the meditation I don't know if deep 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 but I was there in my meditation in a closed room oh, if I can do this most likely I can I can go into the maloka and and be so in the meditative state in order to have my experience but what I didn't count on was in the noise or the external happenings of the Maloka that got me off of my meditative state. In or, uh, and that's what I think I that's why I think I couldn't get into into the real experience. So I was used to my meditation alone, quiet, perfectly here. And I, and, and I thought this is a good setting for me to go to the to Soltara and do my thing. But. No, it didn't because I was used to total peace and quiet and I didn't get that at the Maloka. And I don't want to, uh, for other listeners to think that it's, it's, it's totally a lot of noise. No, just little things here and there. But those little things, I guess I'm very sensitive and, and I got distracted from them. I'm so much in my head and analyzing this. Why did he drop his water bottle? Why, blah, blah, all the things that I've mentioned before. And that's what I got distracted. And once again, that's my opinion, my opinion. I, I don't know. Maybe if I go with another session with somebody alone 
and 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 uh, I I have my eye shades and I have my headphones on with my music and I still am distracted for whatever reason, then I will have to change my my opinion again. You remember and saying in the book that he told his guide, now that music doesn't resonate with me. I need another music. And when the lady told him, when the lady changed the music, uh, he was able to go into the experience. You remember that part in the Michael Pollan's book? I, I don't recall that bit. No, because yeah, well, I need to look at that bit again. Yeah, I read the book twice, so I remember that there's a moment where where Michael Pollan says, "No, I don't like that techno music. I want something more." And he and he even told her uh, to put uh, classical music. He even mentioned the, the the name of the song. I don't remember what it is. Uh, and there's where he just found himself in his in his in his good environment, and he had his experience. So maybe that can happen. It's interesting about just talking about the music. I mean, because I'd found the you know, the John Hopkins um, psychedelic uh, therapy uh, sessions that they do. They've carefully planned out this list or this whole playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's available on Spotify. Yes. Um, and it's like 50 songs or something. And they've carefully decided this is what is working and it takes you through the whole experience. And I listen to them all. Well, yeah, I listen to them all. And you know, they're all classical music pieces. And I really like classical music. But I'm very much a Beethoven person. Um, and I've also come to realize recently about music. And you just think, why is it that certain songs can bring you to tears? But other songs you know, just mean nothing to you. And it's a similar thing, I think, to what uh, Michael Pollan said, that it's like this music isn't doing anything for me. Like You could even sit down and say, OK, well, I'm going to have an experience. I'm going to listen to that um, John Hopkins playlist. And it doesn't. I know that there's certain songs that really emotionally charge me. Yeah. Right. And, and, and they switch something on. And it's funny, there's this one song that I used, that I was listening to when I was going through my, um, when I was going through my crisis, there was a song that I was listening to where, you know, I I felt like I had this purge that I needed to do, which was going to be in the form of crying. And I needed to cry. And I knew that if I listened to this song, it would really set me off. And it's just so emotionally grabs you. And it's that exact same thing. And in a way, it's almost like you've got to have, you don't got to do anything. But I can really resonate with the fact that the right music for you triggers emotions and bringing things up. And it's almost, it's almost to a certain extent, it's addictive, that, that feeling. I just recently listened to um, I stumbled across it because I'm a massive Metallica fan. Um, and Rick Rubin was a guest on the Lex Friedman podcast, one of the recent ones. I've never really listened to Lex Friedman before, but I was just so intrigued to listen to that because I've never really heard Rick Rubin uh, speaking before. Um, do you know Rick Rubin? 
No. No. He's the producer who produced one of Metallica's latest albums. I think the, their 2008 album that they brought out, 2007, 2008, um, that was when they moved to start using him. And he's um, produced like the Beastie Boys and stuff years and years ago. And, he, and he's done a load of different things. But he was just, just watching him speaking about and watching him... Like, so Lex would put on a couple of songs at a time when they were kind of covering different musical genres or something. And he would really, whenever he would put it on, he would just kind of, Rick Rubin would just kind of close his eyes. And you can really sense, he's going on and on about, You can it really comes across about how important he sees about the music being connecting to the heart. Yeah. Um, and you can see he him really going into this space and connecting with that. I would, I would really recommend listening to that podcast. Um, it's just so interesting listening to, uh, he was just such a calm person, but just kind of, it's, it's just relatively recently I've started to get that connection to, to kind of that feeling of the, the noticing what music can release in you yeah and it does and it's coming down to finding the right music that's appropriate for you we 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 haven't touched very much on the influence or the with all due respect the magic of the icaros because supposedly that is something like i said my friend uh three four beds down the on my right my left hand side when this when Maricela came to sing her the Ecros, she started purging. So hmm, I wonder what's the magic of those Ecros. And when she came in and, and she and, and Francisco was his name, uh came to sing to me nice, but nothing. Nothing. I couldn't feel what what some people reported that they could feel something special about the Ecros. So yeah, the music has something to do in that podcast that I sent you. They, it, it talks, they talk about a lot about the music. So if you want to listen to mm. it, uh, I will, I don't feel like I felt the magic of the Icaros, but what I did feel is the, and how I can, can describe it is. You, you sense the difference in culture. Um, there's a slight eeriness about the sound of the Icarus. But potentially, you know, that's me and my anxiety about committing into this process and, and feeling that to a certain extent. But it definitely triggers an emotion but the, the the emotion i feel i think is the fascination for the whole process and the whole package of this mystery um which i will say i haven't yet felt the full magic of it but it's fascinating um and to f- 
That would be a real gift. It would be a real gift to experience the magic of the Ikaru being sung to you. Um, there was definitely something that I, I remember being during the ceremony and when, I don't know whether it was the maestro, whether when he was singing to me or whether it was at a different point, but just appreciating how exhausting it is for them because they put so much into mm-hmm. that to sing continually for whatever it is, 20 six, 20 people, six hours. Cause they're not even just cause they, you know, they start the singing in the middle of the room. Um, you know, they start the whole like, <laughs> and you've got to hear that in the silent room. And you're like, Oh, they're telling us that something's starting. Exactly. Maybe it started for you. Maybe they've, maybe it started for you. Maybe it hasn't started, but you start hearing that. And then, and then they start going for it. And then you just start trying to absorb what's going on, but they'll sing like that for a bit and then they'll move on. Uh, cause I remember, I remember our first night when it was actually, it was dark and then you just like, they were singing then. And I'm not sure I remembered or if they were, Told that you will get it, how it was all going to work out, but whether I'd forgotten this point or not, and then you're just like, it sounds like they're over over that side, and now there's now the voice sounds like it's coming from over there, and it's also coming from over there, and then it took a while to realise that they were kind of working around everybody, um, but to then think, you know, because they're smoking them at patchos as well all night long, um. And, you know, because they'll, they'll sing for a bit and then they'll pause and then they'll kind of spit in their bucket. Um, and I just remember thinking, my God, you, your throat must be so sore. Um, but they'll just put it all into them. They're, they're all into that powerful song that they're almost to a certain extent shouting at you. Um, and... Just thinking, wow, that takes a huge amount of energy um, to do that all night long. So, yeah, to experience the the magic of that would be amazing. And yeah. uh, maybe we will, maybe we won't. Um, so, what do you, what is your? So, did you say you think your next your next steps is to is focus around trying to focus on finding some kind of guided reduced session is that what you were thinking was your next thing yeah it's one of my options uh we were talking with some of the participants that we might go to peru soltara peru or soltara uh, and remember the the name of the other one the light the path of the light or something like that Temple um, of the way of light there you go temple of the way of light um so i don't have any date yet but uh but i do one i'm open i'm open i'm certainly open to to another experience and so i'm just going to put it out there in the universe and i think i really believe that when you put set your intention out in the universe it'll it'll work itself out no matter the conditions no matter the circumstances when I say, oh, no, it's impossible because I have so many things, something clears out, the tickets arrive in 
to my doorstep. I'm exaggerating, of course, but things really happen for me to for me to have my experience or whatever I want. So I'm I'm open and receptive, definitely. Cool. One other thing, actually, that I was going to say, but it seems like I went off on a tangent. Um, just listening to you talking about um, f- being distracted constantly and this thing, I'm almost thinking of you saying it as if like, okay, well, that's what I do. I get distracted. I can do meditation if I'm in my room on my own. But in another scenario, it's different. So therefore, I need to do it in a reduced setting. But I guess I was then just going to say, is like, what about for you to say, okay, let's practice meditating with distractions and focusing on the journey of becoming centered with the distractions going on so that you can say, allow yourself to disconnect from that and that's your because then it, that would allow you to go and do something in a in that would allow you to go and have another experience with 20 other participants and have the practice of being able to connect with yourself and shut everything out yes that's just actually sam harris talks about that precisely he, 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 in one of his meditations, he said, the process of meditating is not totally to completely to uh, have complete silence. It's just how you can train your mind. If, uh, if the, um, a car goes by with a loud motor and you cannot be absorbed by that. Cause the, the ultimate, mm. I, I think his, the ultimate goal is to, live in a semi-meditative state where you're always present in what you're doing, washing your hands, working in something. Uh, he, he mentions a lot about when you're transitioning from one activity to the other to be able to be on the present moment, to be in and to be focused on the now, uh, no matter what's going on. So yeah, what you're saying is, is very true. Uh, what if I train myself to not get distracted by the other things. Uh, but what happens when the other person just screams, like you were saying, uh, no matter how much training you have, I have training for cars or for the elevator where it goes up and down, for a door that it's slammed, for the bird that it's singing outside. But when the person right next to you is crying his eyes out, uh, that's that's a little bit shocking. That's a little bit like, oh my God, I hope he's doing right. I hope he's healing himself. I hope, no, I'm here in my experience. I'm here in my experience. And then you, that really, dis- at least it distracted me. That's my, and like I said, some of my, some of my, my participants, my classmates, let's put it that way. They said, yeah, we did hear him crying, but no, I was in my experience and, and didn't affect me. I'm like, no. oh, good for you. But it really got me out of that. And, and well, what you're saying is also true. I should train myself. But what if the opportunity comes to do it alone with somebody and let's see if that works? Yeah. Hey, if that works, yeah. Cool. I mean, yeah, I'm not I suggesting think, that, that, think, that you don't go down that road either, yeah. I, th- I think psychedelic 
are going to be like pot, like marijuana. In three, four, five years, they're going to be very legal, hopefully, uh, because they're they're proving that they're so they're so uh, beneficial for the mental health and the uh, community that I think they're going to be accepted. So once that happens, we're going to have psychedelic people all over in every country springing up. Some some just charlatans, but some people would be, I mean, all those psychologists and psychiatrists that are doing it underground might spring up into our society and say, I've done this for 20 years. I have experience. You can come to my place. Uh, hopefully not in a very, like, like in the John Hopkins, they try to make that room very nice, not a, a hospital room, but a very nice setting. One of the things of Soltara is that it's out in the jungle and it's a beautiful setting. So supposedly you're, you have to connect more with nature. So I think that once that happens, we're going to have many more opportunities to do it. So we'll see what happens. Cool. I just love to, I just want to say that it's been really great being able to connect with you. We've had a number of emails and stuff backwards and forwards. It's great to have been able to actually have uh, this conversation in the end. And I think it's been, it's been amazing. I think yeah. there's been so much has come out of it. My inter, like I said, my interpretation of, of what you said over, which is so, it, it's so easy to misinterpret something when it's written in an email. Um, yes. And whilst it, yeah, I, I definitely think yeah, we've got, we've talked about some very important things here. And I definitely believe that there will be a lot of people that will have a, enough of an expectation and enough of a, for want of a better word, lack of experience um, for them to be confused. Because you could, it's easy to come out of that experience and be confused because you're like, this didn't happen how it was supposed to happen. Um, and I think that this is just as important a conversation yes. to happen as a big experience. So, I mean, how do you feel about, I mean, cause you said, you said at the beginning, Oh, I don't think there's much to say. <laughs> yes, um, yes. So how, how would you feel about this conversation being used as an episode? Would you be happy for that? Yes. Like you say, if my experience is going to help other person, other people's experience, why not? Yeah, I'd be really excited to use this conversation because I really think it's it's you know I I want the the whole spectrum of experiences. I'm not interested in just cherry picking what I think is you know what people want to hear. Correct. Um, I read I read something that said you know make make your podcast for you. Don't don't even try and make it for what you think other people um, want. Don't try and yeah. Don't try and say oh what what do people want and then try and deliver that. You just got to do what you want to do. And even saying if this if it helps somebody, it's 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 not even up. It's, it's, in a way, it's not even really up to us. To say if this is going to help somebody, it's like we're just putting this out there, and whoever whoever needs to hear it will hopefully find it, um, and hopefully somebody 
yeah, over time, I'm I'm, I'm sure there's going to be people that will that, that will resonate for this, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, it. I, I I'm so grateful to you for taking the time out to share this. I mean, you could have said, no, I don't want to do it. I don't have a story to tell. Um, but just like I said, talking to somebody who's gone through this experience and it's, it's potentially harder to unravel an experience that you think didn't particularly happen. It's like something is happening mm -hmm. that you're not that's if anything this is the, what the process is it's it's something that's happening out with your control um and it's all about just letting letting it happen so thank you so much no problem my pleasure thank you i really i really enjoyed the conversation and i'd really look forward to hearing from you about any about how your path goes uh, in the future and how any new kind of uh, any new kind of uh, learnings and stuff that come, you could get a flash and something could. It, some, sometimes it can happen weeks, months, years later, um, and yeah, it would be good to catch up with you again at some point in the future to sort of see how things are going. So the same. Thank you very much. Good luck in your next podcast. I'm looking forward to hear them. Great, and I uh, hope you have a good rest of a good rest of your day. Thank you, same for you. Cheers, bye bye. Thanks for making it through to the end. I really hope you enjoyed the content and managed to get something out of it. Remember, if you liked it, I'd love it if you clicked follow to be notified of future episodes. And also, it would be gratefully appreciated if you would share it with anyone you think might be interested. Hope to see you again.